Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. The songwriter said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. Oh, I'm thankful for his tender mercies, his loving kindness, and his compassions that fail not. Now, what a great, big, wonderful God that we serve today. Somebody say amen. amen. Prophet said in Jeremiah 10, 10, the Lord is the true God. He's the living God, and he's an everlasting king. He is alive and well and still on his throne here today. And it is such a privilege to be back we love all of you so very much and grateful for Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I give honor to Pastor and Sister Boyd. We just grown to love them so very much. Happy that my wife is with me and appreciate her dedication to the kingdom of God. Shiloh's with Grandma and Grandpa today. I was telling him in the office, uh, uh, we were there, and he said, bye, shut the door on us, he was gone. And so he's having fun with Grandma and Grandpa, but uh, we are just delighted to be here with you. And if you have your Bible, we're going to open and read from the book of Titus, the first chapter, and we're going to begin at verse number one, and we're going to read down to verse number three. We had a tremendous service at 9.30 today, and I feel that same spirit here in the 11 o'clock service. I'm thankful that God's not a respecter of persons. He just loves us and is better to me than what I deserve, and I know you feel the same way. Titus chapter 1, verse number 1, and the Bible tells us this, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, and hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior." Here, this third verse tells us that God has in due times manifested his word through preaching. I want to speak to us today on this subject, the manifestation of preaching. The manifestation of preaching. Can we raise our hands? Let's lift our voices. Let's pray and let's ask God to speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
God, we feel your presence moving in this sanctuary. God, we are asking for you to anoint this word and anoint this congregation to receive the word. God, we give you praise and thanks for what you are going to do in our midst. God, we give you glory for what's getting ready to transpire before this service ends. God, we give you all praise, give you all glory, give you all honor in the name that's above every other name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ amen you may be seated thank you for standing with me well God has always had a very unique way of working and because of that there are times and there are moments that it's hard to fully understand and comprehend all of his ways this can be because we are finite, but God is infinite. We are mortal, but he is immortal. He can speak to any person at any moment and in any place. He's not confined by time, restricted by location, or limited in his capability. But Jesus said in Mark 10, 27, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. There's not a situation too difficult. There's not a circumstance too complicated that God cannot do. No sickness that he cannot heal. No disease that he cannot cure. No problem he cannot fix. No addiction he cannot break. Nothing he cannot do. And so if God can do anything, and if he can be anywhere, and if he can have whatever he wants, then the question really needs to be asked, what does God take pleasure in? Think about this with me for a moment. If God can do whatever he wants, and if he can be wherever he wants, and if he can have whatever he wants, then what is it that God, that God takes pleasure in? We turn to the scriptures and find in 1 Corinthians 1, 21, it said, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It is what God ordained to be the vehicle that reaches the lost. It is preaching what God chose to be the one that would spread the saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And preaching really is an art form that is subject to criticism and critique. It can differ upon the speaker. There are, there are diverse deliveries. There are different styles. There are various volumes. Some preachers will scream real loud. Making sure y'all are listening, all right? And others that are more soft-spoken. Some preachers that are real long-winded. And others more to the point. But regardless of the style, and despite who it is that's holding the microphone or standing behind the sacred desk, 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 said, It's the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved it is the power of God. 
To some, it may just be another speaker delivering another speech. But to those that have been changed by the word of God, those that have ever been set free because of a dynamic sermon, it's more than just a gathering together. It's more than just a rehearsed speech. But it's the preached word of God that can save your soul. Hallelujah. There is absolutely no substitute for true anointed Bible preaching. It's more than a sport. It's more than a hobby. It's more than a pastime. But it's heaven's hope for all of humanity. But even though there's power that accompanies the preached word, there is also something ever so intriguing and interesting that happens in the response to the preach word. I've been in services before where the preacher got finished and by the time he ended his sermon, there was some standing on their feet clapping and shouting and rejoicing and then there are others that are kneeling on the ground and they're crying and they're weeping before the Lord. Services that when the preacher finally got finished, they were running the aisles and they were dancing. And even though there's a response like that, I've also been in those very same services. Even when some were crying and some were shouting, I've watched others leave and they leave unchanged, unmoved, and unfazed by what they just heard. There is something to be said about receiving the word of God with an open heart. I have to check myself that when the word comes, whoever it is that may be standing and preaching, I can't have a sour spirit. I can't have a detrimental demeanor. I can't have an abrasive attitude. I don't want to cheat myself from the word that's getting ready to come. That's why when the word is when it's time for the preaching of the word of God, I've got to make sure my spirit is willing. Got to make sure my mind is ready. Got to make sure my heart is open because I've got to respond to what's getting ready to be spoken. Huh? Got to respond. We find in the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews in the second verse, it's almost an oxymoron. It doesn't really make sense. The second verse starts by saying, the word preached did not profit them. How can that be? The word preached did not profit them. The word, as Psalm 119 and 89 says, is forever settled in heaven. The word that Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The word that the prophet said in Isaiah 40 and 8, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Hebrews 4 and 12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder the soul and spirit, nor the joints and marrow, the discerner, the thoughts and intents of the heart, the word that can build you up when you're torn down. The word that can strengthen you when you are weak. The word that can set you free when you are bound. The word that can save you when you are lost. How can it be said that the word preached did not even profit them? 
it goes on to say in the second portion of that verse, because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. Ah, that's why we got to make sure it's got to be imperative. It has to be so vital. It has to be so crucial that whenever the preaching of the word goes forth, I've got to be wide open. I don't want to miss anything that comes across this pulpit of the word of God. Because when the word comes, Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We get our strength. We get our encouragement. We get our hope when the word is spoken. Uh, We find in Mark, the third chapter, that Jesus is preaching. And right in the middle of his sermon, he begins to look out into the congregation And he sees a man that has a withered hand, a man that is crippled, and his hand is disfigured. Right in the middle of his lesson, Jesus points in the direction of this man and says, Stretch forth your hand. That man who had to be self-conscious, that man who no doubt had to be worried of what people thought, of who was looking at him, maybe cross-eyed, who was looking at him and, and wondering what had happened to his hand. But he'd had to decide if he was going to respond to what Jesus just said. So in a moment of response, he takes this hand that was withered and stretches it out. And the moment that he does, that hand is no longer withered. The hand is no longer crippled. The hand is no longer disfigured. And it happens right in the middle of the preach word. It's hard to explain at times, but there is a manifestation that begins to take place during the preaching. I remember... We were in a service not long ago and uh, really hadn't got preaching very long, but exhortation and the power of God began to move. And I kind of made my way off the platform and was worshiping God for a moment and was looking back and I saw one of the preachers and he was feeling the Holy Ghost now. He was doing one of the head jerks. You know what I'm talking about? The head starts jerking back. Uh, you better pick your feet up and get to moving now. And so I knew it was only going to be a matter of a moment. He was going to lose it. And finally, he had all he could handle. He'd come off the platform running full blast like a freight train, uh, jumps off the platform, does a flip through the air, hits the middle aisle, and he's gone. Come on, somebody. That better be the Holy Ghost. You're doing flips through the air. So I'm, I'm just kind of watching now, and man, you could feel the atmosphere being charged with faith. And I, I watch an elderly gentleman, he stands up towards the back of the church, and he gets out in the aisle, and he starts running. And as he runs, he gets all the way to the front, and he's running real strange. He's, he's running like this. And when he gets up to the center section, you would have thought the church had lost their mind. They started dancing. They started shouting and celebrating and rejoicing. About that time, one of the ministers came over to me. Say, hey, brother, I know you're not a member here, so you probably don't know what's going on. He said, but uh, that man, 
that just got out in the aisles and started running. He's been coming here for years and years. And what you don't know is he comes in every service on a wheelchair and he's paralyzed and he cannot walk. But just a few moments ago that couldn't stand, let alone walk, and for sure couldn't run, got out in the aisles and started running around the church. You know what had happened? There was a manifestation that began to take place. David said, I feel like I can run through a troop. I feel like I can leap over a wall. He makes my feet like Hines feet. You get in an atmosphere where there's ordained preaching. You get into a sanctuary where there's anointed preaching. It's not the one that's doing the preaching. It's the word of God that becomes alive. It's the word that becomes tangible. Right in the middle of a service. Over and over again, we see it being played out in the scriptures. In Luke, the 13th chapter, we find Jesus again teaching. But while he is teaching and preaching, he sees a woman there who had a spirit of infirmity, who was completely bowled over, who had been that way for 18 years. Imagine that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, was started out as a little pain in her back now began to be excruciating. Now has got to the point that she is completely bowed over. She can't look ahead. She can only look down because the condition of her body. But yet while Jesus is preaching, he sees this woman. and The Bible says he calls her to him. Now nobody would have thought twice. No one really would have looked down on this woman, if she would have said, Jesus, I just don't think I can make it to you, but you're going to have to come to me. But that's not what she did. She responded, and she started making her way to the Lord. And before she could even get all the way to where Jesus was, Jesus began to pray for her and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And in a moment, the pain began to leave, and her back, began to go straight and no longer was she bowled over in any way. You know what had happened? She responded. She replied. There was a reaction to the word of God. It's more than the speaker. But when the speaker locks with the listener, when they become together as one, there's a manifestation that can begin to operate. There's something that can begin to flow in the sanctuary. There's something that can begin to transcend in the room. When there's a link up together in Acts the 14th chapter, it tells us that Paul was preaching before he could begin his message. The scripture tells us in verse number 8 that there was a certain man who was crippled from his mother's womb, who had been that way all of his life. The only thing that he knew was a life that was crippled. And yet, in verse number 9, it tells us, the same came and heard Paul speak. And you have to fill in the uh, blanks every now and then, but when it says he came to hear Paul speak, well, you could really substitute that and say he came to hear Paul preach. 
That's the reason he was there. That's the reason why he was present. That's the reason he was in the vicinity of Paul. He came to hear him preach. And as Paul began to preach, there was something that began to come over him. And he looks to where this man is. And he perceived that he had faith to be healed. And I've watched as some have begun to preach. And outside of the pulpit, they may not be very demonstrative. They may be kind of timid and shy and soft-spoken. But when they begin to preach the word of God, there's a boldness. There's an authority that begins to come upon them that you can't really explain or describe. And Paul looks to where this man is and says, stand up on your feet. Now he wouldn't have said that outside of the sermon. You don't find somebody who's confined to a wheelchair and says, come on, Bubba, it's time to get up. But there was something that came over him. Do you know what it was? It was a manifestation. A word becoming active. A word that you can feel. A word that is tangible. And when faith ignites, Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You cannot see faith, but don't ever doubt. You can feel faith. You can feel it in the building. You can feel it in the heart of a believer. You can feel it in a moment that says, No, no, no. I believe God has something for me. I believe God can visit me today. I believe God can take care of my problems. I believe God can heal my sickness. I believe God can remove my pain. I believe God can deliver me from any circumstance. And when Paul says stand up, it was just a second. That man stood up on his feet and he didn't just stand. He began to jump. He began to rejoice. He began to celebrate. There was a link together between the speaker and the hearer. And when that takes place, the word can become active. Oh, hallelujah. Even in moments that's not planned, even in moments that are not rehearsed, even on a spur, even on a moment that was not had any organization, if the word starts flowing, if the word starts flowing. See, it's in Acts the 10th chapter that we find the apostle Peter and he's praying on a rooftop. And he's calling out to God. And he begins to have a vision. And in this vision, the Lord lets him know and understand that this salvation is not just for the Jewish people. This salvation is not just for the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This salvation is not just for one sect or one class of people. This salvation is for whosoever will. This salvation is for every culture and every creed and every kind of color. This salvation is not a respecter of persons. Here, Peter's having this life-changing moment with the Lord. And while he's caught up in this vision, and while he is praying, a knock comes on the door and almost startles Peter. He comes down from off the roof and he opens the door. And lo and behold, there are men standing there. And these men tell him, Peter, it's been requested that you come to this house because somebody is waiting on you by the name of Cornelius. 
And Peter, I'm not sure if he would do this every time somebody knocked on the door, but God ordered his footsteps. And I'm thankful that the scripture says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. I take refuge in that, that God knows our faults. He knows our flaws. He knows our failures. And yet he still orders our footsteps. He still has us in a perfect position. God does not leave us high and dry. Hebrews 13 and 5 said he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. Uh, Hebrews 13 and 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, So here Peter standing there. Uh, probably a moment that his thoughts are racing over in his mind what he should do, but he just said on a spur, I'm going to go with you. And so they lead him, and he didn't know where he was going or who he was going to see or what was going to take place. But he comes to this house, and when he walks in, there is Cornelius. And Cornelius tells him, Peter, uh, we've come. My family is here. My friends are here. I've called everybody I know to call, and we've come to hear you speak. So Go ahead, Peter, preach. Talk about being instant in season and out of season. He didn't even have his iPad full of sermons with him. He's standing there. But be careful telling a preacher to preach because they're liable to take you up on your offer. He stands there for a moment. Then in Acts 10, 34, he said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And then he began to preach Jesus. Jesus is a message that preaches every time. He said it was Jesus that left the corridors of glory. It was Jesus that left the hallelujahs of heaven. It was Jesus that left the splendor and the majesty of up above. Jesus left the celestial choirs. He left the eternal ecstasy. He left the perfect paradise. He came down to a world of sinners. He was born in a manger and he was born by a virgin named Mary laid in that stable barn but yet at the age of 12 he was confounding the doctors and the lawyers and by the age of 30 he was opening blinded eyes. He was unstopping deaf ears. He was cleansing the lepers. He was feeding the hungry. He was helping the poor. But bigger than all of the miracles, greater than all of the healings, Jesus was hung up on the cross of Calvary, on the hill of Golgotha, and nails pierced in his hands, and nails pierced in his feet. He took the sacrifice of sin on his back, and he died on that old rugged cross. But on the third day, he did what no other human has done. He conquered death. 
And when he was ascended back to heaven, his last words to us, he commanded us to preach to the people. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach to the people. And here is Peter. He's really starting to get into his message. He's starting to reach the climax of his sermon. But in Acts 10, 44, it says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. He wasn't even done preaching. But while he was talking, while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost began to fall. Hallelujah. You know what it was? There was a manifestation somewhere in the hearts of those people. They said, God really loves me. God really cares for me. God really died for my sins. And I don't have to wait any longer. I can be filled with the Holy Ghost right now. See if you really want it. God waits for our response. And if you will respond, God will honor that response. It's the same way we tarry for the Holy Ghost. It's the same way we can ask God for healings. And if we will respond to his spirit and react to the word and reply to his message, I'm going to tell you what will take place. There will be a manifestation because God cannot lie. I wonder if someone can raise your hands to the Lord for a moment. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this place right now. Woo! I feel the touch of heaven in this room. Oh, Jesus, we feel your presence here. We feel the call of God and the touch of heaven on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Oh, hallelujah. Just, just a few years ago, in the service, about the same time in the service as right now. It's getting ready to close and calling for the musicians to come. During the message, I watched this young man come into the church. and He sat near the back and it became apparent that he wasn't real familiar with church. He didn't really know what the people were doing. He Looked at everybody kind of strange when they clapped their hands or if they lifted their hands to God and wasn't dressed like a churchgoer, didn't act like a churchgoer, and didn't respond like a churchgoer. But somewhere in the message, I saw him go from disconnected to connected. I saw something come on him. At first, he acted like he didn't care even to be there. But the word started speaking. And the word got a hold of him. That's what I love about his word. His word can reach the young and it can reach the old. The word can reach anybody from any walk of life. The word can reach the saint and the word can reach the sinner. The word can reach the prodigal. The word can reach the backslider. The word can reach the preacher. The word can reach the minister. I watched as he began to lean forward in the seat he was sitting in. I watched him as he began to wipe away a little tear from his eye, preaching about the mercy of God, how God is a God of, who's rich in mercy and amazing in grace, shared with them 
that God saved me in a drug dealer's house. So there's nowhere you can run, nowhere you can go, that his mercy cannot chase you down. About the time getting ready to call the altar, I just said something in passing. Said something off the cuff and didn't mean it literal. I said, but if you really want something to change in your life, if you're tired of being depressed, if you're tired of feeling all alone and by yourself, you can run to a place of prayer. You can run to an altar and God will be right there. That young man didn't know how to react. And so he just got up from where he was sitting and I watched as he ran to the front, ran all the way to the altar area, hit his knees. He didn't even really know what to do. He said, I'm not really sure what to do, but I want what I'm feeling right now. I want to be changed. I want to be delivered. I want whatever this Holy Ghost you say is didn't take long the tears were streaming down his face and we were weeping and we were crying and we were praying together about the time he was almost finished praying I talked to the pastor I said pastor who is this that came down to the altar and he said well he came with one of our new converts I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask him find out he went back and finally met me a minute or two later said you're not going to believe this but our new convert just got saved from drug addiction and their dealer had been calling them and uh, wondering why they haven't been buying and why they haven't been hanging out and finally she told him she said well if you want to know where I'm at you need to come to church you need to go to that Pentecostal church with me because you'll feel something better than any drug you've ever had He said, I've never, not one time ever, been in any church service. But the person that had no church background and had never walked through the door of a church, the words got a hold of them. Hey, I'm going to tell you, there's no sin too great. There's not a list of mistakes too many. Hallelujah. There's not a situation too difficult, a circumstance too complicated. If you will respond, if you will respond to the word of God, I promise you, he won't let you down. He won't leave you high and dry. He won't leave you by yourself. But if you will respond to the word, respond to the word, respond to the word, there'll be a manifestation that begins to take place. Oh, can you stand with me all across the house? Oh, why don't you raise your hands with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray you would draw somebody in this room right now. I pray for a sovereign, a supernatural move of the Spirit of God. God, I pray there be somebody that needs a change. Somebody that's standing in need of a miracle. Somebody standing in need of deliverance. God, I pray right now there would be somebody that would take a leap of faith say, God, here I am. Come on, you want a touch of God? I challenge you. Let's find a place of prayer today. Come on, I challenge you. Come on, why don't you find God right where he's at? 
Come on, we can still social distance. Why don't you step out of where you're standing? If you feel comfortable, you can kneel in your seat. Come on, why don't we find a place of prayer? God wants to bless somebody today. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. God wants to renew. God wants to encourage. That's it. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Let the Lord touch you today. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.